Hi, everyone. Welcome to another series of our Brand Boutique Elite Speaker Series. We have today Colleen Edez. She is the founder and CEO of Thank you so much for being on here today. Thank you so much for having me, Farhana. It's exciting to be here. So I met Colleen a couple years ago at a entrepreneur workshop and she's a serial entrepreneur and immediately we kind of connected and you know we're both from the Boston area and I was really happy to connect with like such a strong amazing woman that like already had like several businesses and that was doing so many things and I love surrounding myself with you know women that I see is like an inspiration that I can learn from and that has had you know years of experience in the industry so I love kind of being around people and I was so happy to meet you and you know we had lunch one day after the meeting and kind of just went over business ideas and it was you know super awesome to like just be like oh great like let's talk about things and grow because I always believe in, you know, always growing and making connections and, you know, building relationships with like awesome people. Absolutely. I remember our lunch really well. And, and mm -hmm. I remember meeting you for the first time and thinking this girl's just a rock star. You know, <laughs> just kind of were out there doing it, getting it done. So exciting, full of ideas and energy. So it's always great to connect with people like that, especially for people like us that, that, that do this and are entrepreneurs and, you know, are pursuing all sorts of different exciting things. Yeah, for sure. So Velo Vodka has been making a splash um, and it's a great product. So how did you come up with the idea of this and, you know, what made you want to bring this to market? Um, so all my personal ideas seem to come from like struggles I go through, like personal problems. Like a few years ago, a friend of mine was like, let's invent a baby pro pro like product. And I'm I'm so far out of baby land. I have no idea what in the world to create. But what happened was that I took my kids to brunch at Bootleg in the South End of Boston. It was like a sign from God of all places to be. And we had a waitress who was just kind of a train wreck. And she was nowhere to be found. We're having this bad brunch. You know, she comes out of the bathroom, tire apron. I'm like, oh no, I hope she doesn't have the flu. She'll get us all sick, et cetera, the mom and me. And finally, at the end of the meal, she rolls in with this huge thing of Pedialyte in one arm and a huge thing of ginger ale in the other arm. And I look at my kids who are probably coming of drinking age, but we were all drinking a little bit before then. And um, I look at them and I'm like, why aren't they just putting the damn Pedialyte right in the vodka? Like, this is foolish. Like, why are we having such a terrible experience? Because this girl is so hungover. You know, you think she would have kind of thought about this last night before she had to go waitress Sunday morning. And the three of us looked at each other and went, oh, my God, why aren't they putting the vodka, the Pedialyte right in the vodka? It's just like common sense sort of moment. Um, so I went home for that brunch and started researching and researching and couldn't find anything like this out there. And I was like, what an opportunity. Like, why aren't we kind of preempting this problem? You know, because we're all out, you know, on the weekends having a couple of drinks, uh, you know, the older I get, I don't want to feel crappy the next day. And you definitely feel it more as you get older. And, um, you know, that's how the idea was born, kind of sitting there with my kids and having having a bad experience. So, you know, it's funny, the waitress was so bad at this place, I almost would have called to complain the next day. And I was like, no, I need to find her and thank her. <laughs> This great idea came from her, so it's really lucky in terms of that. Yeah, so definitely we all go out for cocktails, and especially busy entrepreneurs, like you have lots of things to do always, and so you can't feel crappy, like you need to wake up and 
get out there and do what you need to do. And so basically, Vela Vodka doesn't give you a hangover. And yeah. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, we hope it doesn't. You know what I mean? We keep doing it clinically, but the thought process is to kind of preempt some of that, you know, getting a, a healthier alternative in process that you're drinking something that's going to give you a better option than kind of tradition what's traditionally out there and available yeah for sure and um tell us a little bit more about like the quality the taste like you know what would you say it's comparable to um so ours is a super premium product so we're kind of up there with the gray gooses the kettle ones etc we're about five dollars lower in the price point and we're super smooth. Like anybody, the easiest part of this project for me was that the taste is phenomenal. So anybody that tries it is sold like right off the bat. If they can try it, they're like, oh my goodness, this is so delicious. This is like nice and smooth. It tastes phenomenal, super clean. Um, so in terms of that, you know, we're, we're, I'd say we're definitely super premium. Everybody is very programmed for Tito's, Tito's, Tito's. Um, I think, you know, our feedback has been that we taste much smoother than Tito's and we're kind of a, a step above that in terms of quality of product. Yeah. And we're made right here in South Boston. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, I did not know that. That's awesome. Yeah. I don't, I don't think there's any other vodka really made here, is there? I think Bully Boy. Oh, right, right. Another one, but I haven't seen really anything else kind of vodka-wise coming out of Boston. Lots of good beers, so. <laughs> the first time I tried Vela Vodka, it was on a yacht, and somebody was like, oh, um, try this, and just gave me a little bit in a cup. Um, uh -huh. They had it in the, the cooler, no mixers, and I was like, wow, this is really great. And then I realized that, you know, you were a part of it, and I was like, I think my friend is a part of this company. And then I like went on to like Facebook, and then I looked up Riley's profile, and I was like, oh yeah, this is it. And, like, thank you so much for letting me try it. But it was definitely, um, you know, really smooth, and it definitely highly suggested. So creating a product line, um, you know, there's all of these steps to go in it. So if what is your advice for somebody that wants to launch a brand? Like, how do people go about doing that? And what are some of the mistakes that you see people make when they are launching, like, a product? Uh-huh. Sure. So I've made plenty of mistakes, so I can I can totally fill you on in that. And that's how I think we all learn, for sure. Um, so I think, you know, for me, the initial process is always the research. I love research. I love kind of finding what's out there, what's available, kind of connecting the dots, et cetera, there to see kind of, so I, I always kind of start with the research and go, okay, is this an opportunity or not? And then kind of get some feel like, is there really a need for this in the market? I mean, you could create the most brilliant product, but if nobody's gonna buy it, you know what I mean? It, it's it's not it's irrelevant um, in terms of that, because you definitely need that audience that has the need for it. Um, so, I mean, I think those are kind of the first two steps for sure. And then from there, I usually move into like, you know, you create the company, you do a patent or a trademark or whatever that piece might be, you know, you name it. I love all that stuff. To me, that's a really fun, creative part of the process. Um, and then from there, kind of once you have a live sample of whatever it is, I have another product, which you're familiar with that freezes your fat off at home. And 
you know, learned much more in that product that I developed 10 years ago to be able to move into this product much quicker. So I think from all the reading I've done, and there's a lot of great quotes, and I do a lot of business reading primarily, is I think it's Reed Thomas is the name of the gentleman who founded LinkedIn. And he goes, if you're not embarrassed by your first version of something, you're too late to market. So just get it out there, get get it out there, get people trying it and get the feedback, figure out what you can improve, what's working, what you can improve, keep improving uh, upon what we've got in terms of that. I think another thing that I learned along the way is that um, collateral, like nowadays, especially with Instagram and how everybody is so driven with Instagram, you really need collateral in terms of photos and videos and stuff that you can post. And, and that's how you're gonna engage your followers and your customers. So I, I know on my first project, I kind of put off getting professional photos done because it's like seven or $10,000, it's a big expense item. But then once you have them, it really kind of gives you validity as a, as a product and as a company. Another huge piece of advice that I think is really important is, and you kind of alluded to in the beginning, is who you surround yourself with and who's on your team. So my first project I did just myself, and we sold $750,000 worth of this product. We sold about uh, probably well over 3,000 units of this wrap you wear, and it freezes your fat off at home. And like we had a kind of a marketing company do a test and one woman, like some of the people were losing three inches off their waist in a month, which was great. But again, it was just doing the project. I have an art history degree. I don't have a business background. So kind of fumbling through it, trying to figure out what works, what doesn't, how do you get the customer acquisition costs down, etc. So on this project, it's been much different. And I have like, a, I put together an amazing advisory team. So I have a founder who I think you know, Alex Stern, who founded Constant Contact. He's one of my advisors. Another advisor is Brian Smith, who founded Ugg Boots, who's another big name, both billion dollar companies, and kind of looking to them to, for advice and what do you do and how do you do this and how do you structure your legal stuff, et cetera. So that's kind of one piece. Then the other piece to that, I think, is getting people industry experts. Like I have no background in alcohol whatsoever. But what I was able to do is find um, a distributor contact. So this person like literally like walks me through how the distribution works and what to expect from your distributor. What do you, what does your distributor expect from you, et cetera, how to go about getting that relationship. So I think like, I feel like my greatest strength, there's two as an entrepreneur is one is I have a great eye for talented people who can get things done and be able to see that potential in people and kind of be able to bring them into the project. Um, I also think my other strength is I know I don't know everything. And I feel like I'm smart enough to know that. And I'm like smart to know that I don't and listen and be open and, you know, to what people say and other people's feedback, because I, I believe me, I don't know everything by any means. The more I know, the less, the more I realize I don't know. So I think that's really a strength, you know, in terms yeah working with people. And then like you kind of get into that other level of, of bringing it when you bring in investors, you know, and that's where if you really want to scale something, most projects, you know, depending upon what the product is, it, uh, my projects have required it. So now you kind of go out to an investor and you're like, okay, it's just not me as an individual, you know, fumbling through this, trying to figure out what I'm doing. 
it's a team and this is who advises me here and this is who advises me there. And these people find that this project is valid enough to become involved in it. And they're big names who have accomplished big things. So I think like LinkedIn is a fabulous resource I realized in the beginning project because I'd start to connect with people in that industry. So that when I go to like an infomercial company and they look at my LinkedIn and they're like, okay, she's connected with this person at this law firm that does a lot of infomercial stuff. She's connected with this person at this other infomercial company, et cetera. So you kind of, you really need to validate yourself and your skill set and like who, who's involved, who you're involved with and who's involved with you. Because I think that gives people a much bigger comfort level than just being somebody kind of out of nowhere. Yeah, for sure. Like that's definitely awesome advice. Definitely who you surround yourself with and who you connect. And, and I like that you used LinkedIn as um, you know a reference point because with all of my clients, we definitely utilize LinkedIn a lot. We utilize their connections. We look for connections that may be valuable to them, building those relationships too. And you know, people do use that as a resource. I've definitely gotten lots of people contacting me through LinkedIn being like, oh, I saw that you did this for this person, or I see that this is your expertise. Can we have a conversation? And obviously, once they get to know like the baseline stuff about you, it leads to that wanting to have that conversation. And then they, you know, once you speak to them, it, they get to learn more. Yeah, definitely. One of my funnest stories is, and I'm still good friends with this person, is um, so when I did the first project, project, which is freezing your fat off, and I kind of went to a cool sculpting appointment. It was so expensive. They kind of body shamed me into eat, needing 8,000 worth of liposuction. I was like horrified, but I was so aggravated. I went home and I'm like, the hell with this. I'm going to go figure this out. It's not brain surgery. So then somebody kept telling me about this Tim Ferriss, who you've probably heard of, wrote this book. And there was a gentleman who wrote a chapter about cold and the power of cold. And it's called Mild Cold Stress. So I get the book and the, like, the whole weekend, I'm like in the book, read the whole book. And for like a month or two, I see him on LinkedIn and I'm like, oh, I'd like love to reach out to him. And then one Friday night, <laughs> excuse me, at like 930 and sitting at home, nothing to do. I thought, you know, what the heck? I'm just going to send him an email, a note in LinkedIn. Because worst case, like, I just never hear from him again. So I write him, and he writes me right back. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is like, Brad, I wouldn't have been more excited about getting an email from Brad Pitt. Like, this was, like, the person I needed to talk to in this project. And what is so neat, you totally get about entrepreneurs in, in the tribe, so to speak, is that they all like enjoying helping overall, like giving back, enjoying helping. Like, they've been where you are. So they're excited to kind of see what you're doing and kind of give you like advice or it's just the generosity of them has blown me away with their time um, and their insight. So basically, I, I, he wrote me right back and then we went back and forth for a few weeks and I ended up hiring him to work on the project with me. And like, again, he was another one who was like a big name. So now it's like, OK, I'm just like this person who's a little banker here in Boston. And then, but I have the world expert in mild cold stress, who was a NASA scientist who founded another really incredible company who's part of the team. So now people kind of stop and go, oh, wow. And, you know, he's still a good friend. Talk to him, you know, 10, 11 years later and kind of compare what I'm doing, what he's doing, et cetera. So you, you just, 
you know what I mean? LinkedIn is very powerful, but also like entrepreneur as a whole, like Brian Smith and Alex Stern, like they're super generous. Like they'll always kind of go out of their way if they can to help somebody out or give them advice or listen, you know, listen to an idea and give some feedback. So it, it's really neat to be able to see that. And, and you know, to me, like kind of somewhat of like incredibly flattering is when people come to me and start asking for advice. I'm like, oh, wow. I'm like, you know, you kind of like, not that you've made it, but it, it, it's exciting. Yeah, for sure. People are always willing to help. And I think that, you know, we don't, none of us know everything. And when you are starting a business, it's really about getting the resources that you need, learning, consistently learning. You know, I spend probably an hour every single day reading and learning and talking to people. I mean, I talk to people all day long, but like, you know, at least one hour of my day is dedicated to learning information because if I'm just stagnant, then I'm not going to be able to grow and give my clients good ideas. And so I think that that should be like a really big like component for everyone. And then another thing too, is that you can't do everything. You need to surround yourself with the right people you know, building your team, building your network, and then utilizing those resources too. And I think some people are like afraid to approach somebody or ask somebody, like, how would you say, you know, what's a, for the people that are timid to like, just go and ask for the advice, you know, how would you say they should do that? Um, well, you know, what's really interesting is spending a lot of time around these different gentlemen with these companies is I, I, I've spent a lot of time around both of them. And one of the neat things was one time when I was out in California visiting Brian Smith is like people would, some people approach it the wrong way and they're like, like, Hey, this is what I've got. Can you help me out? Blah, 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 blah. And sometimes that will work and other times it won't, but overall it's not kind of a good first impression, but he wrote a book. So he read me this like three paragraph email. He's like, somebody wrote me this email and it's incredible. And it started off by saying, I read your book. It was great. It changed my life you know, kind of quoted some things that showed that he really had read the book. You know, I just wanted to thank you for the inspiration, da, da, da. you know, another paragraph, this is what my product is, etc. And he goes, I'm not going to write him back. He goes, I'm going to pick up the phone and call this guy, which almost like gives me goosebumps. You know what I mean? So for somebody like that, for somebody who took the time to really kind of research who the person is, what they've accomplished, you know, and, and kind of have done their research and, and kind of seen them as a role model and is kind of saying, thank you, you've inspired me. You know, you know, if you have 10 minutes, would you mind hopping on a call or can I get a little feedback on this? You know, I think that's really the way to go about it. I, I saw another scenario once where somebody kept contacting this other person on LinkedIn and was like, hey, you need to help me. <laughs> and they're like, there's no way you're getting, you know what I mean? Like you've got to come at it from a very, I think, thoughtful, polite way. And, and they're excited because you have to remember like, you know, Ugg sold a thousand dollars worth of boots the first year. You know, it took years and years for a lot of these companies like Tito's, for instance, was in the 20 year company. You know, everybody just thinks they're an overnight success. But most of these companies have been around for years and years. And, you know, we're all kind of you know, digging through it. So as exciting as something when it finally blows up and comes on the scene and you're like, wow, it's two years, this thing blew up. Well, there's another 18 years of work that goes behind it. So I think, you know, these guys and ladies appreciate it, you know, and they, they, they've definitely been where you are. So I wouldn't feel funny about asking for it. I actually, 
can't remember the within like the last 24 hours i was going to ask something somebody to, to do like to jump on a call or hear something and i was kind of like hemming a heart and i'm like what have i got to lose like they say no you know but best case scenario they say yes and cool i get this great experience or great advice or etc so yeah for sure yeah the tito's example i remember um when it launched in boston 15 years ago and I remember meeting the owner and like the brand story and all this stuff. And I'm, and I remember thinking like, wow, like how are you guys going to compete against like Grey Goose and Belvedere? It's like completely this different thing or like the absolutes, like all of the stuff. Um, and you know, sure enough, like years later, so it definitely wasn't an overnight success. And there was a lot of like the steps through and like him like really standing behind the brand. So yeah, definitely nothing is really ever an overnight success. There's never any of these like schemes. Of course, like, you know, influencer marketing can help push it out further and things like that. You said something earlier about, you know, getting your brand collateral. So, you know, that's one of, I'm so happy you said that. And that's one of the kind of main components, you know, with my clients, we really work on creating their brand story, making sure that we style their photo shoots and get them collateral and content that is going to really um, tell their brand story, resonate with their target demographic and position themselves as like a professional brand. Like some people think that they're just going to go and, you know, take a couple pictures on their iPhone and just like, you know, throw them up ever so often on social media or like, you know, wherever. And they think that it's going to have their brand grow just because it's online. And that's really not the case. Like you said, you know, investing in those professional photo shoots. Because if somebody sees something and they're like, oh, well, that doesn't look that professional, there's there's so much that has to do with like brand image and what people are going to think about it. And if you want to be like a household brand, if you want to consistently like be the go-to, you yeah. have to showcase like that whole thing. So, you know, when you, what do you say like when you really like created all of that collateral, how, what was the impact for oh, you? It's, it's incredible. It's incredible. I remember going from taking pictures or having friends kind of take pictures of my first wrap product. And I wish if I, at some point I could pull up a before and after the professional pictures versus the old pictures. And sometimes the old pictures pop up on Facebook that I posted like seven years ago. And I'm like, oh my God, you know, like incredibly impactful. Like it's so important. I think if there's like one thing I've learned that you really need that professional content because, you know, the thing is you can be like a one person or this tiny little company, but you can look like a giant because of the professionalism, you know, but you're never kind of kind of get away with like something that looks like you're shooting like necklaces on your kitchen table for Etsy or something to that effect. You know what I mean? I think that, and I remember the first time I did do a brand shoot, it was probably like eight years ago and it was $7,000. I was cringing. I'm like, Oh, this is a lot of money. But then the pictures come back and you're like, oh, my God, this is for real. And that's the thing, too, is like, for instance, I was trying to sell my product to an infomercial company and it looked professional. You know, it looks like something they would have done versus the first pictures that I was doing or trying to mock up, etc. You know, they, they, you can tell the difference between a professional picture and, you know, uh, a, a one that's you know, kind of homemade, so to speak. And I mean, nowadays, there's so many things between Fiverr and 
like even now I'll look for options where I can find somebody who might be working for a really good videographer and then they want to pick up a side job. So you're getting the professional thing, but you're not paying necessarily the big company fees because cash flow is king in this business. And any of these billion dollar company people would tell you like cash flow was always their heart. You know, how do you make payroll? How do you pay for this? How do you pay the videographer? How do you pay your salesperson? You know, how do you pay for inventory? So, so it's really important, but I think that you definitely, I mean, you could have a, a really a good product and make it look stellar, or you could have the best product in the world. And if it's not positioned like visually well, it's, it's not going to look like anything. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> you know, it's all, so one of my slogans is it's all about the narrative. So it's the story that you tell. And if you take care in like the brand presence and the brand image, people will relate to that. You know, it, and you don't need to always have these, you know, huge photo shoots. I definitely suggest that everyone do. But then you can have like some small ones. Like I plan out photo shoots with my clients once a month and we really take a look of what's coming up, what what's going to be trending, what are the holidays, what are going to be the buying decisions that people are going to make, you know, what are people talking about, and then we plan it all out. So every day we have a couple of things. We know that we need, you know, Christmas photos or, you know, maybe it's uh, 4th of July, like whatever that is, like we know leading up to that we need to kind of get into people's minds, okay, this is what's going on and this is how you're going to need this product and this is how it's going to fit like your lifestyle needs. Yeah, absolutely, definitely. And it, it is, it's creating those uh, moments, experiences, you know, occasions and, and they need to be able to visually see those. Yeah, for sure. You know, the I remember when I first started my company t 10 years ago and I had to convince people that they needed to use social media to market their products. Now that's not the conversation. Now everyone's like, okay, we know we need you. How can we work with you? Um, you know, this is like what our cash flow situation is, all of this stuff. And so it's just like interesting how and more and more people are on home and at home and they're doing research online and their buying decisions are being made by what other people are posting and sharing. And so oh, it's absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so many neat options out there. Like I've seen for like, if you have a product product, like one of the things I'm looking into for my, it's called my cool slim, the freezer fat off product, which is on, I'm selling on the web now. But there's all sorts of platforms that now there's a thing called Topshop Live where you can go on and do a live sale. That's really a neat company. Um, they're out of LA and they had a bunch of celebrities on, but they have a bunch of regular people like myself or you or anybody. And you can go on and sell your product to all these people live, which is really cool. And then it, it you know, you, they save it. So you, you kind of have that and people can go back and look at it. Um, there's another group in Boston. I love these guys. They're super cool. It's called Shop Club Guru. And this is something I'm looking at doing now. And basically it kind of marries that influencer piece into it and kind of the authenticity of your friends saying, okay, I bought this. It's good. You know, I think it's like 92% of people will buy on the recommendation of a friend. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, you probably know these stats much better than I do. And so, for instance, I'd sell my product for $100, but if they post it, take a picture, tag in social media, tag me, and um, put it up on their social for a 24-hour period in the story, you give them a discount of, like, 
25% or 50% or whatever it might be. But then you're getting this exponential hit of one person's 2000 followers and another person's 1500 followers. And you're like, you know, I could be like, Oh, for about this, it must be good. You know, I'll give it a try. So that's awesome. Validity. So in terms of if you have that sort of a product, there's all sorts of kind of neat social stuff you can, you know what I mean? You can take advantage of these days in terms of selling platforms. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a great concept. Um, Shop Guru. Mm -hmm. Shop Club, Shop Club Guru. They're Boston guys. They're great. Yeah, that's such a great concept because just even if you give a person a discount, if they're posting and sharing, their friends see it, you're probably guaranteed, you know, at least a couple of sales. And so it's definitely worth it. You know, I love affiliate programs too. So if, um, so for those of you that don't know what an affiliate program is, it, it is if you are kind of promoting a product and somebody else purchases that from your promotion, you'll get a commission from selling it. So that's kind of, you know, a little bit of another angle on promoting other people's products. And that's like a great way. You know, I have a lot of people that they might have one thing and I'm like, oh, well, you can definitely partner with other people where they might have like-minded brands and you guys can do an affiliate thing where they can promote your brand, you can promote their brand, and then you're also like making an affiliate commission off of that. So that's like, I love these like innovative kind of partnership, collaborative um, ideas because I think it definitely makes a difference, you know. I love the concept of working with people and together and growing. You know, we we can't do everything alone. You know, I definitely have partners that will focus on different aspects of digital marketing. Whereas like, you know, we really focus on creating the brand story and like the visuals and the aesthetic and doing the social media and really engaging with the right person. And and in the engagement process too, I think um, a lot of people, don't see it as like, oh, we need to build relationships, but that they just are trying to sell. And how you were saying when you're asking for help, you really want to research the person and, you know, talk about them and ask about them. And that's so true. Like nobody just wants you to be like, oh yeah, hi, I need you to do this for me. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And and like, so I know one of the ways that you can like connect with people is, you know, how can you be of service to them? Or, you know, if in the beginning of your business, like how can you barter? Like I can do this for you and you can do this for me and we can barter and collaborate and partner. And there's so many um, clever ways to kind of work through your business, especially like when you're starting off and you might not have investors yet. Um, you know, creating an advisory board and making sure that you're being guided the right way. Like these are all some like really great tips that, you know, if somebody that has had their business for 20 years or somebody that is now starting off can definitely implement these things in their business and really see growth. You know, no matter what's going on in the world, there is always people that are willing to like help and serve you know, on my website, people or on my social media, people can go and get like a complimentary 20 minutes. And of course, that's one of my, my lead gens. But also too, like, I really just like, you know, helping people grow their business, get ideas, really figure out what they need. Because not everyone's a marketing expert. No, not everyone is an expert in growing and launching a brand. You know, we all don't know all of the answers. And so it's really great to surround yourself. Like, I've been really lucky to, you know, be on speaking tours with other entrepreneurs. And, you know, I listen to their 
when they speak it, I learn from that. Or then we are like, oh, let's grab lunch, let's grab dinner. And we just talk about things that we're doing or ideas that we're thinking of launching. And it's so nice to like be able to run that through with somebody that has had experience or maybe is your target demographic. So I love all of the tips that you've shared. You know, there's so many different pieces that no matter where somebody's at, they can definitely take on. So if you were, you know, say where all of the things that you know right now and you could tell somebody like starting off, like what are like the three things that you say people, okay, these are things that you need to do. And you like, I wish I knew that, or, you know, this is what I, after all of my experience with all of these companies, this is the three things that you definitely need to take into account. Um, okay. So I think, making sure your idea is the right idea, the right product for the, for the consumer, you know, that there is the market there for it. I, I think that would be one. Um, I think definitely the team, you know what I mean? I think that was incredibly valuable is who you surround yourself, who's on your team. I mean, you definitely need to work with people that like, you want to work with people, A, you trust and, and energize you. I've definitely had a few bad business partners. And, and have learned from that and am very much more cautious than I used to be. Um, on one of my projects I hired, this was a mistake. I have a women's fat loss product, but I hire a 65 year old white guy from Colorado to sell it to be the marketing manager. Like wasn't too smart. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I need a younger woman, uh, et cetera. And then trying to like figure out what, you know what I mean? When people are trying to kind of get things from you or push you in directions that you don't necessarily want to go or to give, you know what I mean? To give up more of the project or what they're kind of looking to take from you. So I think, you know, you really got to be careful about who you work with and who you bring into that team and be cautious because I think people, there are people out there that will kind of take advantage of you. Um, on that other side of that coin, though, too, is when you find the right people and if they could say, take your product to a whole other level and they have the background, the experience and the deal is fair. I think that's something, you know what I mean, that that's of huge value, too. So that's kind of the other side of that coin. So I'd say kind of the definitely kind of the team and the people you surround yourself with is the product. Right. And then, I mean, it's work that's the bottom line is you've really got to like work at it every day. It's not something that you can kind of do like twice a week and hope it takes off. Like for me, these things become total obsession and it's kind of like all I want to talk about, um, which drives my kids crazy because are <laughs> so much like I could care less about this. And I'm like, bah, 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 this is so exciting. Um, you know, so I think it's kind of, it's just kind of continue to work, continue to make that next sale, to continue, you know, to kind of keep pushing and pushing, like persistence and grit is huge. Definitely yesterday, my sales guy was out selling and he was having a great day and um, he really only works part time for me. And, and he's like, should I keep going? And I'm like, oh my God, yeah, like you're in a roll, like just keep keep, stay out there as long as you can, whatever many hours, you know, you just let me know what they are. And like when you're in that kind of positive energetic mode and things are going really well, like you, you just kind of got to keep going and pushing and et cetera. And I think to, you know what I mean? Like so many people, you could get to a point in a project, you're just like, oh, I've had it. I don't want to do this anymore. Um, but you've kind of just got to kind of get up and go again. And, and some of the greatest brands, like I think the Spanx founder, Sarah Blakely, talks a lot about like 
persistence, persistence, persistence. Like you're just, you know, three feet away from, there's a book, I think Napoleon Hill wrote three feet from gold or something that effect. And, you know, you're, you're, you're almost right there. So you just, you know, you got one more time and it, it might be exactly what you needed to kind of push it over that hump and, and get things, you know, really kind of start standing up with. Yeah, for sure. You know, entrepreneurship, building a business, it's a constant thing. Like, you know, I definitely take days off, but like I could just work every single day all day long. And it's like if you, you love what you're doing and you really feel like you're like being a contribution and, and you created something that there is a need for, it makes it so much easier to go out there because you're like, yeah, this is people need this thing. And so it, you know, I think that sometimes we're like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to know work for myself and do whatever and like it's going to be easy and it and it's not easy but it's definitely worth it mm -hmm. um, you know doing what you love every day and uh it, it's a lot of work um but yeah like working the plan and never really quitting and I, earlier you said something about you know testing and seeing what things didn't work or did work and all of this stuff it it's interesting because there's always a growth process. You know, there's, I've changed my logo three times in the last 10 years. I've, you know, recreated things. I've created different product lines. I've, you know, just because of COVID, I've like created a whole new system because I found that people were, tons of people were reaching out for me with a need and I customized a product to suit that need. And so it's about listening to what the market needs. Mm -hmm. and being available and going down that road and not being stopped by like, no, this is how it was supposed to be. And that's it. Yeah. Like it's progression and evolution and, you know, being willing to like change with the times and what people need. I think, yeah, exactly what you're saying is like pivot. You've got to be able to pivot. You know what I mean? And some of like, I think Instagram started out as like a photo sharing platform. It didn't really start out like you read, like, again, I do a ton of reading and I can't, I remember wherever all this information comes from but like a lot of stuff didn't started out as one thing and then ended up being another one like cool sculpting for instance was developed at mass general here in boston and they were trying to find um a solution for people who could not tolerate anesthesia so they were kind of going in and taking sections of like maybe your stomach or wherever you needed surgery and they were trying to cool it down so you couldn't feel it but so that you didn't need anesthesia, they could do whatever procedure they needed to do. And then it turns out that they kept seeing divots and they thought, oh my God, this is killing the fat cells. So that's kind of like one thing, how that kind of came to be. And I think one of the things you said, you went back and said is like the like habits, habits are huge. And being around kind of a lot of these cool, successful people that I've gotten to hang around with, like it's interesting, like they have vision boards, like people think that's so hokey, but you know what I mean? I, I've, I've seen their vision boards where they're like, oh, this wasn't on my vision board, so I added it. And you think, oh, my God, you've had billion-dollar companies and you're doing a vision board. But they are, or journaling every morning, or, you know, taking that hour every day to watch a YouTube video or read. Or, you know, I, I, the higher, the more successful people I, I've been around, I see these incredible, it's the habits define you. Yeah, for sure. And, and and they do, they have really kind of good discipline habits. And even having this conversation with you right now, like I feel like invigorized and like, I'm like, yeah, like, let's go, like, let's do this. And so like, you know, just having conversations and being in that space and like 
also with people that are understanding like what you're doing and what you're going through. And so, you know, it's nice to just surround yourself like in that space. So I have one fun little question to ask you. If you could be a superhero, what would your two superpowers be? Hmm. Um, two su I get two superpowers? Two. Uh -huh. hmm. Well, it's funny. A friend of mine recently was having this conversation, and they were like, not giving a blank. You know what I mean? That was one of their, they're like, that would be a cool superpower. It's like when you just don't kind of, not that you don't care, but you, you don't get hung up so much on what people think or should I not send that email or whatever, you know what I mean? Kind of just like believe in yourself and dive right in and, and be unstoppable basically, you know what I mean? Cause that kind of makes you unstoppable. So go to, go up and talk to whomever it is you need to talk to or, or do whatever there. Um, other superpower, huh? That's a fun question. Maybe probably telepathy. <laughs> that would be fun. Some days I'm tired of typing. I'm like, can't the computer just pick up what I'm thinking and put it into an email or, or whatever? And yeah. so, you know, I think, you know, that kind of communication, I think that would be really cool. You know what I mean? And some people, you know, you meet those people that you get that feeling. I love the saying, you can know people your whole life and never know them. And you can meet people for 10 minutes and feel like you've known them your whole life. But, you know, that connection with people when you can kind of really tune in and feel like you're on that same vibe and you're you're getting that kind of same energy, whether it's kind of the soulmate concept or, you know what I mean, just that 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 really cool tuned in connection with somebody. I think that's that's super cool. Yeah, I love that when you like really connect. And, and I think it's like I love that with humans. You know, there's there's few people that not few, but there's there's certain people that like you just can lock eyes on them and you're like, okay, there's something about you that we, like we have this connection and then you talk and you're like, oh yes, like I can vibe with you. Like I totally get you. I love that. And then the whole, um, you know, being unstoppable and like not letting those, those limiting beliefs. So I, um, I was on another podcast and she asked if you could change anything in the world, what would it be? And I said, I, you know, I thought for a second, it was very pageant -y question. And I was like, huh. And so my thought was, if I could help people recognize their limiting beliefs and have them be like, okay, that's great, but like, I'm going to be unstoppable. I'm not going to let those things really interfere in like what I want in creating it. And, you know, even like with my clients or other people that I see, it's like, and myself too, like we all have these things where it's like, oh, should I do this? Should I not do this? What are people going to say? Um, all of those things. And it and it would be nice for us to just be like, okay, great. That's not serving my goals. Uh -huh. And that's fine. I'm not going to get hung up on that or whatever happens. Like I'm just going to let it go. It wasn't for me. I didn't let it like, you know, like I think a lot of times we get hung up on things. And so that I want that too. <laughs> I think that's really cool and it's funny I've been doing a lot, a lot of physics reading lately I don't know what it is I'm just nerdy and I love it and I picked up two physics books recently and I, I think the quantum physics thought process is fascinating and and my best friend who I met two years ago at an entrepreneurial conference and it was like fell madly in love I always tease I'm like if you were a guy I would have married you by now but you're, you know like my best girlfriend and it, it's like you know like that kind of positive energy and kind of expecting you know what I mean like I think you she's always so like such an encourager of like you've got to keep your eye on what you want and you've got to just expect good things to come and when something's not going right 
you, you've got to be like, okay, I pray for, you know, believe in the, the best outcome is going to come my way, etc. And I think too, as I get older, my kids are getting a little older and like you're out dating for like everybody in this house is out dating. And, um, you know, every time something doesn't work out and you're like, oh, this didn't work out or this person, you know, et cetera. And dating is just kind of an easy example. But, you know, it's just the next step closer to where you're supposed to be. So I think you can kind of like, I feel like I've made kind of peace with the universe in that regard. And like, this didn't work out with this business partner. But because of this, I met this other person and that, you know, ruled into that, etc. So I think, you know, like, if you can kind of just relax into it and, and have faith that things are going to turn out right, and you're in the right place at the right time, and just have that kind of positive energy and put that positive energy out there, whether that's helping other people along the way, or whatever it might be, you know, kind of what you're saying is it just kind of keeps coming back to you. Yeah, I've been in the practice like this year in particular, of really like generating like the positive energy being, you know, trying to be like, the energy that I want in the world and showing up that way. And like, you know, doing what I can to like create that and and then you know throughout my whole life it, I get caught up on things obviously but just trying to look at like what what is the lesson yeah what, how what should I have done differently what can I do the next time you know also to kind of cutting out anybody that isn't on that vibration of like creating in positive energy like the people that are like the negative ones that are like always oh, yeah. you know, creating negative space and talking bad and miserable and on all of that stuff. And, you know, when I was younger, I was like, Oh, I want to help them and make them happy. And, and sometimes there's a point where you just got to let go and just be like, okay, well, you know, yep. bless them. Yeah. And I think I, I love that because when you are busy as an entrepreneur, like you really need to be careful about like your space and your time and, you're constantly doing all of these things. And so the energy that is in your space, you know, that was like a huge lesson that I learned like early in this year, like the people that you let into your space, the energy that you let in, if you're trying to like create all of this and if there's like a block or somebody that's not like in that goodness, um, it does affect you. Yeah. Oh my God. It was such the life out of you. It's like, you know, positive energy is like 10 times easier than like one negative thing that can drag you down and totally, totally agree with that. And that's like even the first time you and I had lunch and you, you walk away from certain people so like your energy's grown like a hundred times, you know, you walk out of there like, oh, I can't wait to go do this, etc. And I think the lesson thing's important. I went to Georgia recently to do a party for one of the reality TV show people that were supposed to be there. And they didn't show up. And we spent a couple of grand to go down there. We brought a lot of products. Um, and I had a certain expectation and was kind of led to believe this, that, and the other was going to happen. And they didn't show up. The person that ran the event was like, you can't use this picture. You can't tag this. You can't do that. And I'm like, okay, I spent a couple of grand here. Where am I going to get my value? But the, then I thought, you know, what is the lesson here for me? Like, what do I need to do better? You know, I need to research things better. I need to ask clearer picture like questions like, is this person absolutely going to be here? What can, what collateral can we get out of it? You know, et cetera. So I think there's just kind of a lesson in everything, you know, whether it's, you know, bad experience at the supermarket or, you know, you spend X on this and it just doesn't work out. 
you know, so I think I, I try to always be looking for the lessons and try to teach my kids that at a younger age now, because it took me till I was like well into my 40s to be like, OK, stop complaining about this. And what are you supposed to learn from this? You know, what is what is the positive takeaways and what are you going to do better next time? And I think you always have to be thinking about, you know, what are you going to be doing better next time? And that will kind of keep you going. Yeah, for sure. Like putting in like, okay, like these are all the things that I should have done. And like, you know, I always look at that. Okay, so this, this is what happened with this situation. Now, what, what should I have put in? Um, what should I have been very clear about? What, like the expectations, all of those things. Um, so and it's always like a growing and learning process because you might not have thought about this one thing and it can come up and you're like, okay, well, next time this thing. <laughs> there, there's always something that comes up next time you're like, hmm, I should have done that better, should have, you know, et cetera. So I think that's 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 great advice for anybody, you know. And I think you have to be positive about it. Like I could have thought, oh, I just wasted all this money. I went down to Georgia for three days, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, no, all right, who am I going to get my $2,000, $3,000 worth of value that I met at this party and can connect with, A, and B, you know, next time I'm going to do X, Y, and Z better. So you know, it, it had it had great value. Yeah, for sure. Cup could be half full or half empty. It's purely your decision. Exactly, for sure. So I want to thank you so much for being on, and I'm so grateful to have connected with you in life and to know you. And you're such an inspiration to me. Oh well, thank you so much, and I feel the same way about you. I think you're just absolutely amazing and a rock star, and you know, and you just bring such incredible energy to the table. So I was very flattered you asked me to be on your podcast. So thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you.